Thank you, holy, holy, holy God. Thank you, mighty, mighty, mighty King. This day I spoke with a Jewish man and uh, had a very pleasant conversation. And I told him, I reminded him that I had told him before when I mentioned about the difficulties that are going on in the Middle East right now. Shall we say continued difficulties, but there are. Wow, different countries and different things getting involved according to prophecy. And uh, I told him, I said, just remember what I told you. I said, there's, there's going to come a time very soon when Israel will come to an agreement with a man and they will believe him and they will make an agreement and he will, down the road, he will break that agreement with Israel. And he, he told me, he said, I, I believe it. He said, I, I believe what you're saying. And he said, you always tell me good things and uh, accurate things. He said, I, I got to come hear you preach. He said, I, I got to hear you, man. And uh, I said, well, you're welcome anytime. We'd love to have you. And we, you know, what did uh, Brother Colbert's daughter say? She, I got something for you. <laughs> well, I got something for him. I got the book, friend. I got the book. Nothing but the book, the whole book. Amen. If you have a Bible tonight, we are the people of the book. Thank God. And I'd like to turn your attention to the book of Galatians. All right. I want to say, in case you probably didn't know because he's a very quiet brother, but Brother Altes just got back from the beautiful islands, and uh, we're glad he's back home. Everybody said amen. amen. If you don't know who he is, he's the good-looking guy in the third row here. Yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. Amen. I'm turning to Galatians chapter 5. Verse 7, he said, you did run well. Who did hinder you that ye should not obey the truth? He said, this persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. Everybody said, praise the Lord. All right, you may be seated. The Lord bless you. I want to tell you that 
you might want to check who the persuader is in your life. Who the persuader is. Who's doing the persuading? Persuade is, you know, it's something you think of as mental and or moral. It's a, uh, actually it means to be simple. <laughs> and the Bible talked about the simple pacify, you know, and they just go right on into the problem. All duh, head up in the cloud, not paying attention. And, uh, but I want you to think also that it's, it's also in a sinister way, not just a mental or, or moral way, that, but also a sinister way. It means to delude or to uh, entice or allure or to flatter and even use the word silly. And uh, I have read about where it talked about silly people that are taken captive by the enemy, led away from the truth. In the book of 1 Kings, chapter 22, very interesting uh, account here. And I will read to you a little bit. So he came to the king, and the king said unto him, Micaiah, Shall we go up against Ramoth-Gilead to battle, or shall we forbear? And he answered him, Go and prosper, for the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. And the king said unto him, How many times shall I adjure thee that thou tell me nothing but that which is true in the name of the Lord? And he said, so this is where the prophet decided to take the gloves off. You know, he knew that all the false prophets, all the yes men, that all the ones with the ulterior motives, that, uh, that they wouldn't preach it without fear or without favor. They would tell the king just what he wanted to hear. And uh, one of them stole a helmet from the local football team and put it on and said, had horns and said, with these, will you push the enemy and all this garbage and so they finally Jehoshaphat said, Well, isn't there another another prophet that we might hear from? He just wasn't convinced. And so this is where the king he said, Yeah, well, there's another, but you know, he never really gives me what I want to hear. You know, I get itchy in my ears and he just won't scratch it for me. And so but he got him anyway. Called for him and and I just read to you a little bit of the exchange between him and Micaiah. And um, verse 17 of 1 Kings 22, and he answered now and he said, I saw all Israel scattered upon the hills as sheep that have not a shepherd. And the Lord said, they have no master. Let them return every man to his house in peace. And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, did I not tell thee that he would prophesy no good concerning me but evil? <laughs> and he said, Hear thou therefore the word of the Lord. This is the prophet now. He said, I saw the Lord sitting on his throne and all the host of heaven. And you might want to remember this because people want to tell you 
in Genesis. And they want to say, well, when he said, let us make man in our image. And they want to say, why does it mean it says us? Must be three of them up there. All of a sudden, us means three. And uh, no, no, nothing like having things preconceived in your mind. And uh, this is, gives you subject matter. It tells you that the prophet was shown a vision, and the Lord is addressing, addressing the host of heaven. So we look for subject matter to answer the question that we find ourselves facing. So stay with good subject matter here in uh, this 1 Kings 22. And once again, verse 19, and the prophet said, Hear thou therefore the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne and all the host of heaven standing by him on his right hand and on his left. And the Lord said, Who shall persuade Ahab, that's the king of Israel, that he may go up and fall at Ramath Gilead? And one said on this manner, and another, this is some of the host of heaven, said on that manner. Verse 21, And there came forth a spirit, and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him might want to check on who's doing the persuading. Is this persuasion of the Lord or not? Now here you have in the book of Galatians, and we have an epistle, a message, a letter being written to a newly birthed congregation. They have come to embrace the truth of the gospel. They have repented of their sins. They have been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and washed in his blood, and all their sins have been forgiven, sent away, and remembered no more. God's standing ready to pardon. And they have been freshly filled and baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. They now are in possession of the one Lord, the one faith, and the one baptism. And they are charged to be growing in grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that they should be getting closer to him. Instead, the apostle finds himself saying, you're so foolish that you've moved away from the hope of the gospel unto another, which he said is not another. He said, if we are an angel, you know there are fallen angels. And they are spirits. He said, if they come and try to give you another gospel, which is not another, he said, you better hear me tell you, they're accursed. They're accursed. And he told them again. Might want to check who it is and what it is that's trying to persuade you, trying to get you deluded and to allure you. That's a Bible word. To allure you, like a fisherman. Probably have a few fishermen here of fish. I've lived here 9 to 40 years, and I've never fished one time in that great big Lake Okeechobee. But I have fished in this tri-city area, this great big area of people that we love. So I'm after a very particular kind of fish. 
But uh, there are men that know how to fish the waters of Lake Okeechobee. They know how to get the big mouth bass. They know what kind of bait to use, and they know what kind of test line to use, and they know what kind of lure to use. Sister Ann's, one of her sons, actually invented a lure, and he uh, sells it, he markets it to catch certain kind of fish. And uh, there are people that are skilled at that and major in that. And uh, what they're doing is they're trying to persuade the fish to come bite this, chase this lure and uh, dilute it, make the fish think that's what I want. And they persuade that fish the way they work that line and that lure until that fish bites. They often have said that a fish wouldn't get caught if he just wouldn't open his mouth. I guess that's part of it anyway. There came forth a spirit and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. We have a congregation in Galatians, in the area in the region known as Galatia. The churches come in there and preach the message and begin to win souls and begin to form a congregation in that region. And that's how it's done. The churches come from Jerusalem, as you read it, Acts chapter 2, and the church has, which is a body of believers, has gone into all the known world and continues to do so. And here we are 2,000 approximately years down the road. And the church continues to bring the same original message to hungry hearts. And we seek to persuade people to obey the truth of the gospel. We try to help them to understand it. And we want them to, we don't have any sinister ulterior motive here. We, we are not trying to flatter anybody. We're not trying to lead silly people in wrong directions. We are not trying to entice anybody. We're trying to deliver people from sin and from spirits that kill them and hurt them and destroy them. That's all those spirits come to do. They're of their father, the devil. And that's what he comes to do. He comes to pluck up what's been planted. He comes to steal. He comes to kill. That's what he comes to do. And so the apostle is writing to the church because there were people that had begun to creep in among this congregation. Some of them were family. Some of them were co-workers. Some of them were people that had religion, and they were very fervent and even fanatical about their religion. And they, they didn't like this message. They didn't like that these people now were delivered from idols that were making up the new baby church, baby congregation. They didn't like it that they no longer were bowing down to idols and and that they were no longer involved with the former lifestyle, that they'd come out of that and got delivered from that. They weren't being that way anymore, and it convicted them, these people. They got upset, and they didn't like having a convicted conscience. They didn't like feeling that I'm doing wrong. They didn't like that feeling at all. And so their answer was to go and persuade. They begin to kind of infiltrate services and people's lives and 
people's minds in an attempt to persuade them not to run for Jesus anymore, not to live for Jesus anymore, not to obey this form of doctrine which had been delivered unto them. You know, one man, the Bible said, gives you an account of this man that he, uh, he was blind. And Jesus came by and he spit and he made clay and put it on the man's eyes. Told him, go and wash in the pool of Siloam and you'll come again seen. And I'll tell you again, there are people that don't like sweat and they don't like spit in our services. Uh, we need both of those things. Jesus prayed until he sweat. And Jesus spit and put the clay together and put it on a blind man's eyes and the man came away to see him. I'll take Jesus' example, okay? I don't, somebody said it's not pretty. We don't need pretty. We need power. We need demonstration. We need of God rushing like a mighty wind in our services. Amen. Amen. That's right. You don't, you're not called to be a, some dead, dried up, cloud without rain, twice dead. You're not called to be that. You're called to be one of withered fruit. Not at all. You're called to be a lively stone. You're ordained to bring forth fruit unto eternal life. Jesus has ordained you. Jesus has sent you forth. Jesus is standing with you. Amen. I stopped with brother, my chauffeur last night. My chauffeur last night was brother Marvin. And uh, I have to carry him around every once in a while. I'm trying to get him married. I've, I've been delegated a really difficult task. Y'all pray for me. But uh, I, uh, he did a good job chauffeuring me, and we stopped to get a little bite to eat on the way home. And uh, he's going to make a good husband because he never eats a full meal. If you take him out to eat, he's going to eat a couple of bites and box the rest of them, take it home. So whoever his wife's going to eat real well, you know, he's just going to be thinking about her all the time. Well, anyway, we, uh, I told him you ought to just ask him for the box the minute you sit down and order. Could you please bring a box to the table? Because it's without fail. So anyway, we sat down to eat and... Um, after a while, I saw this woman at a table with her husband a few tables away from us. And it was, there was hardly anybody there. It was about 20 to 9. And uh, so uh, I noticed that she, she had a, outwardly, she had a godly appearance, a modesty about her. And uh, I noticed her hair was up. I didn't see any jewelry and of any kind, nothing, nothing. I uh, noticed that her skirt was below her knees. Ladies, that's where it belongs, in case you've forgotten. And uh, I noticed that her sleeves were three-quarter. Gentlemen and ladies, that's where that belongs. Minimum, thank you. And uh, I, I couldn't help but notice. And so I, we were getting up to leave, and, and uh, her husband had stood up, and they had stood up also. And, and uh, he saw somebody, and he started talking to him, and I said, thank you, Lord. Give me my little opening, because he did not look like he was in the church at all. You know, he had shorts on, short sleeve shirt. Yeah, he just looked like one of the good old boys. You know. And uh, 
He was an if he if he would have been in the church, so he would have been an archbishop. How you doing, man? You know, one of those. What we call an archbishop. Definitely got the arch going on. And so, anyway, anyway uh, there's yours for the day. Okay. Anyway, so uh, apparently she started to go to the ladies' room, and I intercepted her before she got anywhere near there. And I, I said, excuse me, I said, you go to church somewhere. And she said, what? Yes. She said, I, I, I go to, and she named some rescue mission in Fort Myers. And I said, um, I said, okay. I said, um, have you ever heard of Acts 2.38? And she said, well, yeah. She said, but I can't quote it. She said, you quote it. So I was more than happy to oblige her, and I quoted Acts 2.38, which our children can do. Right, Anthony? Good man. Wake up. No problem. Okay. Gave him a little heart palpitation there, didn't I? Anyway, um, I quoted to her, and she said, she said, I have, ex I have ex lived that. And I said, wonderful. I said, if you have repented of your sins, and if you have been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and you have received the gift of the Holy Ghost as they did in Acts chapter 2 in the Bible, I said, then you've got it going on. And I said, that's very, very good. And I said, we have a church. And I began to tell her, Fort Myers and the name of everything. And, and I left her with that. And uh, I can only hope and pray that there's a measure of sincerity there. But uh, what I'm saying to you is that we want to, we have a good persuasion here. We want to persuade you to do something good. We want to help you to be delivered from sin and a sinful lifestyle and to turn away from the wrong and turn towards the correct and the right. We want you to run for Jesus and not waste your life spinning your wheels, going on some kind of treadmill and never getting anywhere. We want you to know that Jesus is very much interested in the end game here. He wants you to be with him for all of eternity. But there is the one that the Bible says that Jesus destroyed him who had power over death. That is the devil. That's what your Bible says. Jesus did that by giving his life on the cross, by shedding the blood of God on the cross. And he rose again from the dead, as he foretold on the third day. And when the Spirit of God re-entered that body, that lifeless body, and presented him alive with many infallible proofs, and he sent believing people to an upper room and came flowing in there with a rushing mighty wind, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues or languages as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance, friend, and they begin to go forth into different homes and different regions and different areas. And people begin to get this experience and begin to rejoice. And their lives were being straightened out because the church was the ones that were sent forth to persuade people of what is right. Jesus said in one, one place, which of you convinces me of sin? Nobody's convincing the church of sin. The Bible said, God forbid. No, we're convincing you of truth and righteousness, and the power of God in clean living. Clean, clean living. 
But there are spirits that come to persuade you to do otherwise. There are spirits that will come. You remember the spirit that came in the form of a serpent, spoke through the serpent, and pointed out the, the tree, and Eve said, the Lord, God said, we're not to partake of that tree. We're not supposed to do that. He said, the day we do, we'll, we'll die. And he said, thou shalt not surely die. No. You're going to get smart. Somebody said I felt like rather snottily to me the other day about that, uh, that I was smart. And I said, you know, people sometimes say that how do we, how are we able to accomplish so much? And I said, well, because we have a big God. And I told the person, I said, we also have a smart God. He's an all-wise God. He's an all-wise God. And we're nothing on our own. We're nothing on our own. It's, it's all of God. Every, I've had people ask me, how do you do this and how do you do that? And, how do you do? and I just tell them, the Lord does it. I'm just trying to be that, that vessel in his hands. I just want him to, to use us. And he opens doors. And he sets our feet in the right steps. He leads and guides us into all truth. We've got no flattery for you. If you've got to be, if you've got to be flattered, then I'm afraid that you, you're, you're, you've got something wrong in your system. You're operating on the, on the wrong thing. What we want to be is refilled with the Holy Ghost. We want what motivates us to be the power of God. I don't want the flattering words of men. I don't need them to tell me they're junk. And you know, they're just a bunch of liars and that's all that this spirit was. And just like he came in the garden and spoke through the serpent and created doubt, Eve believed him? Silly. Persuade. Silly. One place in the scripture said silly women. Silly women. And she partook. And you know, initially, You see, after a while, reality sets in. And she, she got the man involved. She got persuaded, and she turned around and persuaded the man. And he partook. And then he got hallucinogenic. Woo, 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 woo. You know. Oh, yeah, they were, they were getting that long before Timothy Leary ever came along. Let me tell you. I know, you don't know who he is. Okay. Back in the days of Berkeley, out there in California where they they're all still loopy. <laughs> and uh, and uh, anyway, he, uh, he got them, got Eve persuaded. She got Adam persuaded. Next thing you know, it came time for church. It was church time. And the preacher showed up. That'd be God. He showed up and looking a little empty. Where's, where's Adam and Eve? 
Hey, Adam, Eve, where are you all at? Came little tiny voice behind the bushes. Little small voice. We're over here. We, we're in the bushes because we're, we're naked. God says, who told you you were naked? Have you partaken of what I told you not to? Who persuaded you? Who enticed you? Who allured you? Who deluded you? Who deceived you? To be so silly as to disobey my word. And of course, then it started. The woman did it. Oh, he's a big, brave guy. Big, brave Adam. Named all the animals in the whole garden. T-Rex and all those crazy long names. He named them all. He even named the skunk the skunk. And uh, point the finger. Everybody now looking at Eve. Eve looking down. Serpent. It was the serpent. Boy. Well, you know, it may have been the serpent, and it usually will be the serpent. It'll be that spirit. But you're going to pay the consequence. You're going to pay the consequence. Because God said, I told you. God said, I warned you. I told you in the day that you do it, thou shalt surely die. I told you. I gave you that gave you everything. I gave you this beautiful garden. I gave you all the, the fish of the sea. I gave you all the fowl of the air. I gave you all the beasts of the field. That's what it said in your Bible, beasts of the field. didn't say animals, by the way. It said beasts of the field. I gave them to you. I gave you three beautiful rivers running out of the midst of the garden. I've given you everything. Now, now it's exit stage right. You no longer can be trusted. So you have to go now. And here's these folks. Beautiful work. Brand new work. Great things happening. And the preacher has to get up and say, where does persuasion come from? These folks are coming in, they're telling you to do things opposite. They're telling you to let down and back up and, you know, slacken up a little bit. They're telling you that God didn't mean what he said. You don't have to do what that preacher tells you. Who's he think he is anyway? Hey, where'd you get your authority from, Jesus? I told um I told on you last night, Andre. I told it. I told that uh, you had a little situation and somebody wasn't being up front with you and when they weren't, you got mad. And I said, I wouldn't want to be sitting that close to Andre when he got mad. Six foot four, two hundred and sixty pounds, former linebacker for University of Houston. I said, I wouldn't want to be that close to him. 
when he got mad. Oh, no. No, thank you. And I said that because, you know, Peter, Peter, he got up in the Lord's face. I'll never deny you. And the Lord said, Peter, I'm so glad. I told him, I said, you know, the, the, the false teaching out of Rome would like people to believe hail Mary full of grace. I said, no, 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 no. That's hail Jesus full of grace. <laughs> Peter, Peter getting up. Peter getting up in Jesus' grill. And just, you know, I'll never deny you. Got his hand on the hilt of his sword. <laughs> and Jesus said, Peter, he said, uh, this, this day, and if you read the rest of the verse, he said, must have checked his watch because he said, this night, shadows must have been getting long and the sun must have been going down and Jesus realized, this night, thou shalt deny me. And you know Peter was just snorting. Bubbles were coming out of those nostrils. Smoke was coming out of his ears. He was stomping and pawing the ground. And he was upset. I'll never deny you. The Lord said, that rooster of mine, you know, one of them that obeys me, he's just all primed. And I'm going to, he, there's going to come a time tonight where He's going to crow. And you'll be on your third denial, Peter. Well, you know, Peter went away from that. He was upset. He was upset. He was upset. He, you know, the preacher don't know what he's talking about. Who's he telling me that kind of stuff? That this is going to happen. That's going to happen. The other's going to happen. Just like Jesus would be real happy about it. I'm so glad. Peter's going to deny me. No, 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 not at all. He's not happy about it. Oh, the preacher's not happy when you don't listen. The preacher's not happy. When it comes to pass, it doesn't make him happy at all. That, that's when it comes, who's persuading you, who's hindering you, who's tripping you up, who's knocked you down, who's plucking you up, who's out to kill you. You know what the Lord said to Peter? He said, Satan, I love it when the Lord just puts his finger right on it. That Satan hath desired thee. Satan wants you. And he wants to sift you like wheat. That means he wants to separate you and cut you off. And he said, but I prayed for thee. Good to have faith in your prayers. Keep praying. Doesn't matter what it looks like. Don't worry about what it looks like. Close your eyes if you have to. Don't worry about what it looks like. Forget about the storm clouds. Forget about the lightning. Forget about your natural senses. And trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Don't lean to anything natural, what it looks like. Forget that. You the Bible said, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee. I'm leaning on the Lord. I've, my mind is 
leaning on Him. My mind is resting on Him. You know? Come here, Tom. You know? He said, I'll give you perfect peace. old Tom. He's a rock, ain't he? Thank you. That's right. That's the Lord. Who's a rock like unto our God? <laughs> Church is built upon the rock. Gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'm going to stay with the church. I'm going to stay on the rock. I'm going to make sure my persuasion, my persuader is the word of God by the spirit of God. I don't want what the devil's got to say. No matter who he says it through. I don't want it. I don't want it. Amen. He said, yeah, they, they're coming in and they're trying to get you to go back. They're trying to get you to get back to being the old you. One man told me one time, he, he said, the old one's gone. Well, the problem was he already had the truth. And he he wasn't doing right. And he, he said, this is the new me. And I said, gee, that's too bad because I like the old you a whole lot better. The old Holy Ghost you. Amen. Peter, uh, he said, I prayed for thee. He said that when you're converted, that your faith fail not, and that when you're converted, when you swing back on course, he said, then you can strengthen others. You can help strengthen others. So the writer, he wanted to know. He said, "You did run well." And gave him quite a quite a compliment here. You did run well. You're doing great. And he said, "But you know what doth hinder? Who actually?" He said, "Did hinder?" And it's past tense. Who did? It's happened. Who did hinder? No doubt about it. He said, "Hinder you that you should not." Obey. We don't want to be disobedient. We don't want to be disobedient. We don't. We want to recognize that's a spirit that's got me talking wrong, going the wrong places, acting wrong. He said, "This persuasion cometh not of him." That calleth you. Make sure who the persuader is in your life. Make sure you've identified is it the spirit of truth or is it the spirit of error? Are you being led away with that spirit of error and falling from your own steadfastness in departing from the living God? Or are you standing and even leaning upon the Lord? Is your mind Leaning on him. Is it stuck to him so that he can keep you? And he will in perfect peace. He's a, he's a stronghold in the day of battle. Everybody said amen. Let's stand together. God bless you. Let's be sure who's the persuader tonight. Who is persuading you? I'm telling you, your Bible teaches that God is going to unmask the Antichrist. He's behind a mask, and he's hiding, and he's not going to show himself, but God is going to reveal him.
He's going to push him right out front and reveal him. And the mask is going to come off. Oh, yeah. It's quite a tactic of the enemy. He's always, sometimes if you're careful and if you're discerning and God blesses, you'll see the snake come out from behind the smile. Old Satan just smiling. 88 keys, man. Have God said that you'll surely die? Oh, no, baby. Mm -mm. That old snake just showed himself. Just came right out there. Oh, yeah. And there you're left paying the price. And you're left paying the price. Let's put our finger on the persuasion tonight. I want to be persuaded by the spirit of truth. I want to obey the truth, the spirit of truth, the spirit of God. I want to go to heaven. Amen. And on the way, I want to help get some others to go. No greater thing to be doing than be a part of God's work. You hear me? God's work, God's church, God's truth. He only built one church, and he sent it out into the whole world, and he did it for everybody, everybody. No exceptions. Doesn't matter what you look like. Doesn't matter where you come from. Doesn't matter what language you speak. It's for everybody. And everybody said, Praise the Lord. Let's give God a big hand. Come on. Oh, yes. If you will stick around long enough, it's been said if you came in five minutes late and left five minutes early in Moses' day when he was confronted by Janus and Jambres and the other sorcerers in the courts of Pharaoh. If you'd have come in five minutes late and left five minutes early, you wouldn't have known whose snake was whose. A lot of lessons there. One of them, get to church on time. All right. But another is, uh, don't leave early. Quit hanging out in the bathroom, playing a silly game or texting somebody. Did I say that? Nobody here does that, right? No problem. Okay. Anyway, uh, you just tell yourself that I'm, I want to know. I want to. I want to stay around in the church to where I can grow in grace and knowledge and that I can learn to discern a spirit. Oh, friend, yes, sir. And that prophet said, I saw it. He said, I saw a spirit come up. And he said, that spirit said, I'm, I'll go down there and I'll persuade. I'll persuade the king of Israel. And if you read on, God said, well, well now how are you going to do that? And he said, I'll go be a lying spirit in the mouths of all those false prophets. I'll make them false prophets. The Bible tells you that many false prophets have gone out. Many. All the more reason to believe this truth, believe this message. We're living in a very, very, you know, the Bible said the Antichrist, I'm going to close, don't worry. The Bible said that the teaches you that the Antichrist will think to change laws and times. And I was told today that in England they have passed a law that it's all right for faculty and staff and teachers to be with students, whether university or high school or whatever. You know, polyamors. You know, and not only that, but with anything, I won't get any bolder right now or plainer, even though having such boldness, we use great plainness of speech. 
but we'll, we'll hold it to that level right now. We're living very dangerous times. It's already here in our country. So, just thank God for the church. Thank God for the right spirit. Thank God for the right teaching. Amen. The Apostle Paul was trying to rescue that newborn congregation from the serpent that was winding its way around their minds and their hearts and their lives, trying to persuade them to go back to other things. But you just keep going forward, church family. You let God deal with your heart every day. Let him keep you and protect you, keep your family, and help you to be a beautiful, shining, burning light in this very dark area. Let great light spring up. You be a part of that great light. We've got a new building to finish, and we're, we're moving hard on it. I think I've actually got Pastor Hopper converted. And uh, so we're working hard, and we're excited. And